You're listening to a message from Redemption Community Church, a life-giving church in Westchester County, New York. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or follow our messages online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Well, good morning, church, and happy new year. I hope your 2022 is off to a great start. I'm going to take a moment to welcome our first-time guests. If you're joining us for the first time and I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Jeremy. I'm the lead pastor here. We're so glad you're with us, and we're a little disappointed that we can't be together in person today. We had several of our team members uh, come down sick. I'm sniffling a little bit over here myself, and so we had to make the last-minute decision to move our services to online, but we're looking forward to being back together in person next Sunday, the 9th. Uh, in the meantime, we're so glad that we can be together online today. Hey, just before we get into the message, let me remind you about our 21 Days of Prayer initiative that's kicking off January 10th through the end of the month. Uh, we want to encourage everybody to get into the habit of daily prayer. We're going to do this together, church family. Here's what we really believe. We really believe that if you prioritize your spiritual growth and you grow spiritually this year, it's going to impact every other area of your life, your, your physical life, your finances, your relationships. I really believe this. If you grow spiritually, it's going to have a positive impact on every other area of your life where you want to grow this year. And so let's do this together. We're going to prioritize our spiritual growth together by getting into the habit of daily prayer, and we're going to help you do it. We're also going to encourage everybody to attempt some form of fasting. Uh, maybe you want to give up certain foods, or maybe you want to replace a meal or two a day with fasting, or maybe do a media fast. I know I'm planning on unplugging from social media. we got some great resources to help you out. If you go to our homepage, redemptioncommunitychurch.org, scroll down to the 21 Days of Prayer page. We have some great resources, prayer guides, fasting guides. We've even got some resources for the kids. We've got something for the whole family, so take advantage of those resources. And uh, next Sunday, we're going to talk some more about this, but just begin to prepare your heart. It's okay to start early, but I really believe as we do this together as a church family, it's just going to jumpstart us, and we're going to grow together spiritually, so it's going to be awesome. So our theme for this, this series and this initiative, 21 Days of Prayer, is dangerous prayers. Why is that? Because so many of the prayers that we pray are safe prayers. What do we find ourselves praying? God bless us. God protect us. God give me a really good parking spot at the mall. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep tight prayers. But those prayers don't really do much to, to really change our lives. What I want to do is I, I want to arm us with some prayers that are anything but safe. Prayers that will kind of get you out of your comfort zone, but prayers that have the potential to change your life. I want to show you an example of what we might call a dangerous prayer that King David prayed in, in Psalm 139. He prayed a really dangerous prayer, a vulnerable prayer, because he invited the Lord to, to search him. He said, search me, God. Let's look at this together. Psalm 139, verse 23 through 24. King David wrote this, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Come on, why don't we just engage and read this prayer together. Just tune out whatever distractions you might have in the background and let's, let's read this prayer, pray this prayer together to prepare our hearts today to receive God's word. Pray it with me. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Amen. 
what we're going to do is we're going to break this prayer down into four parts. I want to show you how you can allow a prayer like this to give inspiration to your prayers. And so here's the first thing David prays. He prays, search my heart. Search my heart. Number one, search my heart. Psalm 139, 23. Search me, God, and know my heart. Now, as modern day people, when we talk about the heart, we're usually referring to our emotions. What do we say? We think it's like, baby, I love you with all my heart. We're referring to the emotions. But in the Old Testament Hebrew understanding, the, the heart was the center of the will. It was the place from which one made decisions. As one's heart goes, so goes their life. So when, when King David prays, know my heart, he's, he's saying and he's praying, know my intentions. God, know my intentions, my desires, know what's driving me. Now, I know what some of you are thinking right now, but Pastor Jeremy, I have a really good heart. People tell me all the time, I have a heart of gold. Come on, don't we say that kind of thing about people? This person or that person has a heart of gold. Here's what we have to understand. Actually, without Christ, we don't have a good heart. Here's what Scripture says, Jeremiah 17, verse 9. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Come on, it, it's desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Now, I have never had a person come up to me after service and say, Pastor, can, can you pray for me? Please pray for me. I have a really wicked and deceitful heart. That has never happened to me before. But we have to realize that without Christ, our heart is actually not in a good condition. It's actually in a sinful condition. We, we deceive ourselves and others. And the worst lies we tell are often the lies that we tell ourselves. We don't even realize how bad we can be at times, if we're honest. When we say things like this, oh, I don't drink too much. I just like to have a really good time. Go, 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 go. Right? Now, uh, uh, I'm not that prideful. I'm just really self-confident. I'm not lustful. I just appreciate a really nice physique when I see one. Come on. Uh, I'm not materialistic. I just have a really good taste in things. I'm not a gossip. I'm only telling you about this person's problems so you can pray for them with me. We, we deceive ourselves. The heart has an amazing capacity because it's in a sinful condition for self-deception. When you pray a dangerous prayer like, search my heart, oh God, it's a dangerous prayer because you don't know what God is going to find in there. How many of you have that one place in, in your house, maybe it's that closet or the junk drawer if you're in the Ziegler house, that, that drawer where when you're looking for something, like you have no idea what you might find in that place. You know, you're digging through that closet or that drawer, you're like, oh my gosh, that's where this was. I wasn't even looking for this. I had no idea this was in there. That's kind of what happens when we pray a prayer like this and we invite God to search our hearts. You never know what God might find in there. See, when you pray, search, search my heart, be prepared for God to reveal things in your life that are not pure, things that do not align with his word. Not because God is trying to condemn you as a low-down, dirty sinner. No, no, no. Because God is trying to conform you to the image of Jesus. Come on, the Holy Spirit is working in your life to make you more like Jesus. And so we can pray, search me, God. Here's the next thing that King David prays. Number two, reveal my fears. Reveal my fears. Here's what David prays. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me. Read this out loud with me. And know my anxious thoughts. Know my anxious thoughts. Let me ask you this question. What makes you anxious? What is it that, that you fear? I'm not talking about surface level fears like snakes and spiders or, or whatever, but I'm talking about the really deep internal fears. Like what is it 
that makes you anxious. Maybe it, it's the fear of being alone. Maybe it's the, the, the fear of being trapped in a relationship. Maybe it's the fear of losing your job or losing someone. Maybe it's the fear of the future. What is it that makes you anxious? You might say, well, why does this matter? Because what we fear, uh, what we fear the most often reveals where we trust God the least. Let me say that to you again. What we fear the most often reveals where we trust God the least. For example, if I'm afraid that my marriage isn't going to work, then I don't really trust God with my marriage. If I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to pay the bills, do I really trust God that, that He's my provider? If I'm always worried about my kids and I'm losing sleep about my, my kids all the time, do I really trust and believe that God can protect my kids? What we fear the most often reveals where we trust God the least. You know, personally for myself, a few years ago, uh, I discovered that I had a fear of failure. And as I prayed through my, my fear of failure, what I began to realize is that it was connected to the fear of what other people thought about me. And as I prayed about that some more, I realized that my fear of what other people thought about me was actually linked to a fear of insignificance. You see, I'm a three on the Enneagram. If you're familiar with the Enneagram, if you're not, you can Google it. And, and threes on the Enneagram are known as achievers. I'm driven by a sense of wanting to achieve things and, and a sense of success and significance. Sometimes I can really worry about not being significant. And I discovered in, in prayer that this was a real problem for me. And it all came to a head a few years ago as we were planting this church. If you've ever heard me share a little bit about our story, it was not going well. By every standard, I was failing when we attempted to plant this church years ago. And every day I would wake up with these overwhelming thoughts of, what are people going to think about me? You know, what's, what's my pastor going to think about me? And, and what are the other churches that gave money to help us start this church? What are they going to think about me? What are my pastor friends and my friends and my family going to think about me? Because right now, I'm just a big, fat failure. I was really worried about what other people thought about me. And it was connected to the fear of failure and this sense of not being significant. Side note, some of the most wealthy and successful people that you know are driven by fear and they haven't even stopped to figure out what's driving them. That's a sermon for another time. But my fear, my fear of failure, it was connected to what people thought about me and it revealed that I didn't really trust that what God thought about me was the most important thing. Hello, what we fear the most often reveals where we're trusting God the least. What my, my fear of failure revealed was that I didn't really trust and believe that what God thought about me was the most important thing about me. And so when you pray, reveal my fears, know my anxious thoughts, you, you'll begin to realize where you're struggling to trust God. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, you can then begin to get down to the root of the problem and renew your mind. What I need to do on a regular basis is remind myself of what the Word of God says about me. I, I, I'm a son. I'm made in the image of God. God, my value comes from you. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm not defined by what other people think about me. I'm not defined by my successes or my failures or my performance. God, I'm defined by who you say I am. And in Christ Jesus, I am your son. I'm a child of God. So when you pray this prayer, be prepared for God to reveal things about you that, that you might not have realized for years because we all have this capacity to, to deceive ourselves. Oh, oh, that's not a problem. Oh, I, I have that under control. Oh, oh that's just the way I, I cope with things. Oh, that's not an addiction. That's just a bad habit that I can kick any time. It's a really powerful prayer that, that God can use to reveal things 
about you that you were blind to. Here's the third thing that David prays. He prays, uncover my sins. Uncover my sins. Look at this. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Look at verse 24. See if there is any offensive way in me. In other words, God, God, show me anything about my life that is inconsistent with your truth, with, with your ways. God, uncover my, my sins. Come on, I, I say this all the time, but it's so easy for us to, to notice what's wrong with other people, to see other people's weaknesses and failures and sins, but we're so often blind to our own sins and our own failures, aren't we? It, other, people's, other people's downfalls, they're so readily apparent to us, but it's so easy for us to be blinded to our own downsides and, and sinfulness. Here's what we tend to do. We tend to accuse others, but excuse ourselves. See, when you mess up, it's because you're a bad person and you deserve to be punished. But when I mess up, I want you to give me grace because I'm a good person. I want you to understand I just made a mistake. We, we tend to excuse ourselves and accuse 